morning, church. How's everyone doing? I love it. I love it. Well, hey, if we haven't met yet, I'm Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Uh, so we want to say welcome to everyone who's watching online as well. Uh, but it is good to be in church on this Sunday. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, as Stacy's making her way, I want you to give it up for our amazing children's director, Stacy, as she's going to be bringing the word this morning. But before she does so, I get to do just a little bit of an intro. Uh, for those of you who do not know Stacy, uh, Stacy is amazing. She's our children's director. You've been our children's director now for just over a year, last January, I think. Uh, Stacy's been doing an amazing job with our kids, helping put together kids' teams, launching kids over at the Gladstone campus. Uh, Stacy has a heart and a passion for kids, uh, and her her like heartbeat is that the kids would grow in the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God's word. Uh, and that they would just be firmly rooted in what God's word has. And so uh, you've already clapped once, but I'm going to ask you to give one more time uh, an amazing hillside welcome and greeting to our amazing children's director, Stacy, as she's bringing the word from Ephesians chapter 6. Let's give it up for her one more time. Stacy, um, I work in the back doing kids, both toddlers. Uh, birth to five, and then K through fifth. Um, and it's, it's such an honor because we have such great kids that just love Jesus. And we all are children of God, and we all love Jesus. So, as Pastor Matt said, I am going to be doing Ephesians 6. The title of the message is Sword Drills. So I hope you guys brought your swords. Anyone did not bring a sword, we have extra Bibles for you guys if you need one later. But thankfully, there's technology and we can have our swords on our phone, but I pray that, that that never gets taken away from us, that we never lose our Bibles on our phone, but there might be a time when we won't have that. So if you don't have a Bible, I suggest and highly recommend you buying one for yourself and spending time with it. So Hebrews 4.12 tells us, for the word of God is a living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts of an intent of the heart. There is nothing sharper than the word of God. We must know what it says, how it says it, and why. Those are really important things, guys. Why, how, and what it says. So we're going to be doing Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. And it's often called Christian warfare in some Bibles and the whole armor of God. So if you turn with me to Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the Rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in the chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Abba, we belong to you. Abba, we are loved by you. Abba, I pray on all the saints in this church today and the saints at other churches throughout this world. May they have your whole armor on today. May they not take any part of it off. God, may you just anoint us so we know and hear your word today and may we feel your presence today and as we go throughout our walks with you. Abba, I'm just thankful that you're always with us and you have given us this armor and protection. God, we just pray and praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing Paul tells us is to be strong. The three points I'm going to tell you today is strong, to stand in our salvation. Paul tells us to be strong, um, and he tells the church to be strong. But it's not who we're, it's who we're strong in and in his might that is important. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go before you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I'm sure he's not talking about you guys. This is the same verse that is stated before Joshua goes and fights the battle of Jericho. He was told several times to be strong. If you see the words be strong, it's caution tape, guys something's going to happen. Something is happening. And it's something God is going to do. And God is going to do big things. He doesn't do little things. And we're strong in him. And it's interesting that Paul points out to be strong to a church. He's in prison. But he's telling a whole church to be strong. I would think like, hey, if I'm in prison, the church would be telling me to be strong. But he's telling everyone else. But there is an important thing because we need to know who to be strong in. And it's a community thing. It's not individual. Together we are strong. Together we're better together. We are strong in, not individually, but by our family, our friends, our community. It's not a numbers game. Not getting like all the friends I can and then we're going to be strong. No. You guys, we got to be strong in the Lord and everyone in the Lord. We're strong together. Romans 12, 5 says, so we, are being, so we are being many, are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. We are connected and strong together. Not because of what you can do. I know a lot of times we want people to serve, but it's not because of your service, but because you have faith in Christ. That's how we are strong together. If you read the responses of many of the Old Testament, it is not, hey, I'm going to do this. It is, we are going to do this together. We got to do it together, and we have to be in it together. It's not getting further ahead just individually. We're, we aren't driven by ourselves or having an internal identity, but who we are in Christ. So we are one in Christ. We are one family. We are one uh, we, we may be born into a lot of different families. I know we don't have the same moms and dads, but we have one father. 
one household, and we are strong because he is our father. Now that we are strong in the Lord, we can stand. Paul tells us to stand several times. Several. Because it's going to happen. We're going to be attacked. So he tells us first, put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Because the devil has games and he likes to play tricks. And every element listed is something he can see. Because Paul was in prison and there's most Roman soldiers have all these elements wearing. They're wearing these elements. Belt, breastplate, shoes, shield, helmet, sword. Some, he was accustomed to seeing all of this daily. So when I was reading this months ago, I asked myself a question. Is the armor of God a new thing? Is this the first time God has ever mentioned the armor of God? So if you go back to Isaiah... God actually wears the armor. So we know it's borrowed and it's loaned. Because he says in Isaiah 59, 16, he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. His own righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. God's armor. It's not ours, and it's, it's a temporary armor. It's going to be given back. Sometimes, and we know it's God's because it's he's wearing vengeance here, and only God is allowed to do vengeance. I know we have people that we don't like, and we see them, and I'm just like, God, get him. Get him right now. Oh, come on. But no, that's not my place. That is only God's. And I know I can be too zealous sometimes, and I want to be like, yes! But no, God knew what parts of the armor we are to have and what parts are reserved only for him. And so I know I need to throttle back because God did not give me zealous armor. And we know that the battle is already finished. And we know when. Because the battle was finished on the cross. Ephesians 1.20 says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. So Jesus finished the battle, and it was won on the cross. So it's loaned to us, and we know the battle is won. So praise to be to the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his blood, we have redemption and are now in the right relationship with Father God. So put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. One of the best feelings I love is getting home off of work, and I just take off my shoes. You know, like, because I knock my shoes a lot. So you got to take off your shoes. And for me, if my shoes are off, I'm not coming out. I'm done for the day. Done. So if you call me and like, hey, you want to go out? And my shoes are off. No. My shoes are off. But you're exposed to everything. God never says to take off any part of his armor. Have you guys ever stepped on a Lego barefoot? Yeah, it can make a grown man cry. They're dangerous. I don't know who did that. But 
God never says to take anything off because when you do, you're exposed and you let that devil in. Y'all, don't let him in. Not one bit. So the attack is going to come. So you need to stand. It's coming. Embrace. Two, maybe it already is coming and you're in it right now. Withstand the attack. You fell. And you're still in the middle of the battle. Three, stand back up. Sometimes you got to put your big girl pants on. And stand back up and fight the battle. You got to pick yourself up and keep standing. So how are we going to stand? On the truth of the word of God. Get into the word. If you don't know it, come find someone older than you or in your same age group who knows the word and speak truth. Because the enemy is real. He will tell you, you are to be shamed. You do not belong here. There is no place in this world for you. But that's not what the Bible says. Not one bit. The Bible says, I am a son and a daughter of the Most High King. That's what it says. So if anyone tells you otherwise, you're wrong. And tell them to your face. Sometimes you have to laugh in the devil's face. Just do it. Like, God. If he's there and saying some things that you know aren't true and you know the word of God, just, devil ain't right. That's not, that's not what it says. So get into the word so you know the truth. There is nothing better than the word of God. And I'm thankful that he has given it to us. So much of this world tells us it's okay to do so many little things like go shame somebody. Um, Homosexuality is okay. Abortion's all right. But if you go from Genesis to Revelation, none of it's okay. So you have to stick and know the truth of what the Bible says. I know there's so much division, but that is not what it says. God says we're one household. We're one. We're made in his image. We are to treat others because they are made in his image, and they are his children. Another thing that Paul says that is points out in the armor of God is faith. Oftentimes, we think of faith as an individual thing. Like, I have my faith, my own faith. That's okay. I know how to do faith my way. I don't need to be in church. Do you know how shields were designed? They were designed so it was wrapped around and protected not just yourself but someone else. Who knows your faith? That's an important walk. You got to do your walk together with someone else. You have to pick up your shield and hold it tight. And if someone else you know, their faith is down, they're struggling right now, you take up your faith Hold it above them and get them where they need to go. It's a community thing. It's not individual. We got to do it together for we're better together. And it could be lonely. The enemy wants us to separate us and tell us to get into depression. The enemy wants us to just think I can do it by myself. But you can't. You really can't. So stand. Stand together and keep fighting. It's going to be a hard battle. 
And then lastly, the last point I have is salvation. The helmet of salvation. I've worn a lot of helmets. A lot. I used to dirt bike. So I had a dirt bike helmet. I ride my bike sometimes. So I have a bike helmet um, and a helmet for the armory when we were in the military playing softball. I wore helmets all the time. And sometimes I have friends with really cool helmets because that was theirs. And I had to borrow helmets. But some helmets don't fit. They say one size fits all, but they don't. <laughs> so helmets, you have to put it on, right? Strap it, make sure it fits you, and it's tight. Sometimes it's still loose, and it really doesn't work. But I'm thankful the helmet of salvation doesn't work that way. God's helmet is designed exactly how it is made just for you. You're, how you came to Christ is made for you. You can't put someone else's salvation on and think it'll work. It won't, because that's not going to work. Um, so one of the best testimonies I've ever heard was from a high schooler. So if you're in high school, can we take a moment to give you an applause? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to come to church every single week. And I know sometimes in high school, I know I didn't want to get up. And it's hard. Your parents drag you here. But you guys are faithfully here. You faithfully serve and you're here. And that's a lot. And that speaks to your own testimony. So the, my favorite testimony was from a 14-year-old girl and what, during an evangelism training. But she just poured out how much she loved Christ. That's it. That's all it is, is how much you love Christ. And what does the Lord require of us? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the sin is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Her testimony is powerful because of her love of Christ. It poured into everything she did. She served on worship. She served in the tech. She served on parent nights out. That's all it was, is just love God and serve. Unlike her, I, that's not how I grew up. I'm a Nana's girl, so every Saturday, my Nana picked us up, all the girls, and we went to Catholic math because I was Catholic. And we hand out hymn books. We sang our responses. I did not have a love for Christ. Not one bit. So from there, I ended up going to college. Um, I went to a Baptist school. So every once in a while, I'd go to, to church. And then one day, I got a terrible, terrible accident. I had a two-wheeler car, a two-door car, and I got hit by a 16-wheeler. I rolled all the way into the side of the road. I have no idea how I got out the ambulance. The paramedics asked me, how did you get out of the car? I was like, I don't know. You know, you just open up the trunk and get out. That's what you do. I saw Jesus that day. I was so scared. I saw Jesus. And being that good little Catholic girl, I went back to Catholic Mass. So found myself another church, and I just went back. But I never had a community. I had no one to do life with. 
I just went to Mass and said my prayers, and that was it. So then after that, I found Tech, what was Teens Encountering Christ, but they changed the name to, to Encounter Christ. So we did, um, you do your Stations of the Cross, and you have, like, people that will pray with you, and they just, that's about it. You don't have anyone walking with your faith. You just get an email every once in a while. So I stopped. I literally walked away from God. I did not go to a church for years. I did not pray. I, didn't did, I did absolutely nothing. I was out living a sinner's life, doing whatever I wanted, because nobody kept me accountable. I had no God in my life, and I had no Christ. So God likes to play jokes. If you didn't know that, he has some jokes for you. I, the first time I went to Japan, I never wanted to. I put it on my wish list to go to Bahrain, Spain, Italy, all the cool places. I got Japan. Then I came back to the States. Second time. Here I am in Japan once again. Thanks, God. Okay. But see, God's plans are bigger. He knows exactly how to speak to us. One day, I knew I wasn't right. I wasn't feeling right. And I was just like... I told my friend, hey, I am not feeling right. There's nothing wrong. There was literally nothing wrong with me. I was fit, totally working out, totally good. But I just didn't feel right. And so I asked my friend, hey, would you go to a church with me? And our base has flyers. And so I opened up a flyer. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go here. Will you come with me? And so he did. And that day... A sinner got saved. A child came home. I'm a prodigal. And that's what we're here for, guys, to bring prodigals home so that people know Jesus and have a love for Christ. After that day, I was in church every day. I had women that met with me Monday nights. I was Wednesday nights in Bible study because we got to do it together. We have to be better together, and we have to be strong. Jesus says we're one family one together. We all come. I know we earlier we were saying my Jesus, but it's our Jesus. We're one. It's one God for us. So 2 Timothy 1, 9, 10 tells us, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and mortality to light through the gospel. It is the gospel that brings us to salvation. It is the gospel of Jesus. And we need to just always be reminded of his love that he has for us. We have a prodigal list. If you know people who don't know Jesus, keep praying for them. People have been praying for me for years. And I'm finally, years ago, I came to Christ. Keep praying. 
all we ever need to do is Romans 10, 9 tells us, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is it. There's no certain prayer that you need to pray. There's nothing special. Some people say that you have to like be baptized first. Some people want you to do certain things, but all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And if you aren't saved today, have, you always have the opportunity. Today is a great day to just confess Jesus and believe in your heart. Paul finishes the passage with prayer. It is our mightiest weapon. It doesn't need an element because it is already mightier than anything we'll ever get. He tells the church to pray in the spirit. In different points of our lives, praying in the spirit is going to look different. Sometimes it's just crying. Sometimes it is speaking in tongues. Praying in the spirit is one of the best things you can do. But God, you never, well, you never pray in this unless the spirit leads you to pray. You might think you're you're just praying, but you have to rely on the Spirit. Maybe praying is new to you. God has given us a prayer, and it's called the Lord's Prayer, and it's such a beautiful prayer that you can just do it whenever you feel like. And it's, he just gives us his love in that prayer. He tells us in Matthew 6, 9-13, In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Every aspect that we will ever need is in this prayer. And at the beginning, we recognize who he is. He's our Father, He is in heaven, and He's holy. Start there. Recognize who He is. He is not stone. He is not any diamond thing. He is our Father in heaven. He is holy. And from there, everything else flows out. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Unless you realize He is our Father, nothing else happens. Give us our daily bread. He gives you exactly what you need. We may want more. Because that sometimes, like, I would love a car that has all the things. But he gives you exactly what you need. Just a plain Toyota Corolla that can get me to work and back. That's all I need. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We had so many debts, and he paid it for us. He paid it on the cross. So let us forgive those who are holding grudges against us. Let us forgive those who are just, we don't know how to forgive. And lead us not in temptation, for temptation will always be there. But deliver us from the evil one. He never says to take us out of this world. Just deliver us. We will be delivered. And your kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For his kingdom is forever. We know the armor is borrowed because we know in the end, in Revelation, that Jesus will take his armor back and he will finish it. Whatever is less, he will finish it. And if you don't 
So Matthew is a great way to pray. There's also the Psalms, those that have cried already, those who lament, those every prayer is also in the Psalms that you can spend time with. If you want even more prayers, go Genesis to Revelation. All of it. There is a prayer for every need. Anything you're going through. We could be str- so we could also pray to be strong, to stand, and reminded of our salvation. Write down your salvation and remember it. Sometimes you could think like, hey, God didn't save me. But if you write it down and you have it and you look at it, you know for sure he saved you. And you will always be saved. Because you could just be continue to be reminded of your salvation. Prayer is also a really good work to know that God's the one who's working. I think moms are really special because they teach kids to pray like this. You guys hold your hands like this for a minute. So can you write like this? No, right? You can't. You can unfold your hands. <laughs> so when we're praying like this, we're telling God that he's going to do the work. We're not going to work. When we start unfolding our hands, God, I'm not going to trust you with this. I'm going to start doing the work myself because I know what to do. That's not prayer, guys. Prayer is standing in the truth and letting God do the work. So all of our armor is borrowed and loaned to us by God. As you continue to walk with God during prayer, if you're able, fold your hands and let God work. Abba, I just thank you for this time and that you are holy in all the work that you do. God, I just thank you for your truth and that you have given us the armor for protection until Jesus comes. God, and I pray for the day that all of creation knows your son's name. God, may you just continue to bless each and every one of us and fulfill us. God, I thank you and praise your wonderful name. Amen. How many of y'all are encouraged this morning? Yeah. God is good. God is good. And uh, Stacy, thank you. Thank you for that word. It's, uh, I, like, I like hearing testimonies from 14-year-olds. Uh, Me too. I remember being 14 thinking my testimony was lame. Um, but maybe there were some adults who thought it was awesome. Uh, but hey, God is good. Hey, uh, we want to encourage you guys as you guys are leaving uh, to grab a five-friend focus. You heard Stacy say to continue to pray. She is someone who had people praying for her. And God got a hold of her. We want to encourage you. Grab a five friend focus. Write down the names of five friends, five family members, five coworkers, some mix of all of that. Uh, and to keep praying, to keep praying. Stacy, I'd never heard it put that way. But prayer is one of those parts of the armor that doesn't have an element because it's something that we're doing constantly. I thought that was so cool. Uh, and so, hey, never forget to put that part of your armor on. Continue to pray. And uh, with that being said, we love you guys. Um, and we can't wait to see you next week as Pastor Dave and the team are going to be sharing uh, about what God did in Rwanda. So uh, God bless you. Have a great day. And give it up for Stacy one more time. Thanks,